This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Take your Bibles, please, and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 12. There are some messages where the preacher carries the burden of the message for weeks, and that has been the case with the message today. A few weeks ago, God really impressed this on my heart, and, and I've been praying and, and thinking and then just watching as God uses my own time in the Word and things that uh, other ways that He challenges uh, my heart, has challenged my heart for the message today. I love the simplicity of the Bible. Amen? Because I have to live in a complicated world. In Scripture, the Lord breaks things down into simple terms so that I can understand, trust, and then obey. There are 32 verses in the Bible that give me a simple but life-changing command, and we're going to look at that command this morning. At least 32 times, I'm instructed to fear the Lord. Altogether, if you look at all the references in Scripture to fearing the Lord, there are 160 of them. God's trying to tell us something. In fact, God told Israel through Samuel to only fear the Lord. We're going to come back to this text in a, in a short while, but would you look at chapter 12 and verse 24. 1 Samuel 12, 24, and would you read this verse with me? Let's read it together out loud. Here we go. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he hath done for you. What a great text. Now we live on a sin-cursed earth, and there are many things here that make us fearful. We're all thinking about our health and the next visit to the doctor. <laughs> all right? We always go into the doctor's office just certain that everything's going to be great. He's going to smile and say, well done, good and faithful dieter, or whatever he says. Okay. <laughs> now, that we wonder, what's he going to find? What's she going to find next? Okay? We get out on these roads and we wonder, Lord, please please protect, please guide. All right, there are things that make us fearful. There's a healthy respect of danger. There are things we should fear, heights, germs, beasts, enemies. In Virginia, we have snakes. All right, those are things to fear. However, a preoccupation with those things is wrong. We are preoccupied with our fears. How, how do we know that? Well, uh, America is heavily medicated because they're afraid. That's how we know. But why is it wrong for fear to control the Christian? Simply this, nothing is to control us but the Spirit of God. Nothing else. And controlling fear is a lack of trust in God. 
And so the greatest problem with fear, I believe, is that it often keeps us from full surrender and obedience to the Father. Simple question, when's the last time you shared the gospel with someone? If you haven't shared the gospel, it's a fear problem. Say, well, what do you mean? Well, you may fear, what are they going to say? I may inconvenience them. They may not respond nicely to me. Or it just may be that you're so busy that you don't fear the Lord to obey him and share with others what Christ has done for you. It's a fear problem. We often don't realize that unbiblical fear is what is affecting our lives negatively and spiritually what's holding us back. Let me ask this question. Do you think Christians hear a lot of sermons if they're faithful to church, yes or no? Here's another question. Do those sermons change their lives? Yes, sometimes. What holds us back from full surrender? It's fear. If I really sold out to God, what would that look like? What would people think? What would my family think? What would it cost me if I really, really, really sold out to Jesus? What would happen at work if I really made my walk with the Lord and my service to him the priority? What would happen? Today we need to see that the key to full surrender, victory, and God's blessing is the fear of the Lord. In fact, he tells us in his word, and we saw it in 1 Samuel 12, we are to only fear God the Lord. And that's the title of my message today. You have a sermon note sheet in your bulletin. Young people, I I hope that you'll take notes. We want to sweeten that for you, okay? Go to the bookstore, get a treat. Um, But I would encourage you, come by Pastor Asher and show me your notes. I'd love to see them, okay? I'd love to see that. Now, as we begin, it's important that we understand what is meant by the fear of the Lord. And this is fully developed for us in the text, the verse that we read, but in the context, and I'd like us to go back to chapter 12 now and look at verse 16. The context is Israel has asked for a king. In the book of Judges, there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And God worked and worked and worked to deliver them, to show them, you know what? He's king. Let him be king. Let him have control. Only fear him. I just finished reading this week the book of Judges. If you're reading through your Bible this year, that's that's where we were in the plan. But the reality is the book of Judges is always a discouraging book for me. What a mess. So glad I didn't live through that. Oh, yes, I live in America. Okay. All right. But God showed him if he's king, things are right. And so we get into 1 Samuel, and what do they want? A human king. That's the answer. No, it's not the answer. But that's what they wanted. Now look at verse 16 of chapter 12. Samuel says to them, Now therefore stand and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest today? 
I will call unto the Lord, and he shall send thunder and rain, that ye may perceive and see that your wickedness is great, which ye have done in the sight of the Lord in asking you a king. So Samuel called unto the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day, and all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. Now it's a good thing, right, when you have a king and you can just pray, Lord, we need rain. Okay, here's rain. Lord, we're in a, we're in a desert spot and all there are big rocks around here. We need water. Okay, water out of the rock. Lord, there are no supermarkets. We're hungry. Food falling from heaven. Uh, Lord, we'd like a little bit of meat, and here it just flies in and drops. What a great God. And oh, oh, by the way, my shoes don't wear out. My clothing doesn't wear out. And he defeats all my enemies before me, and he's constantly there. I can look towards the tabernacle, and during the day there's a pillar of cloud. At night there's a pillar of fire. So we can see that. All our enemies can see God is with us. I don't need a king unless I don't fear the Lord. Then I will let other things convince me to trust them. That's what happened in Israel. Verse 19, And all the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God that we die not. For we have added unto all our sins this evil to ask us a king. Now let me ask you a question. At this point, is Israel fearful of God? Yes or no? Well, wait a minute. Pray, he's going to kill us. Well, that's fear. But I know what you're thinking is that's not the right kind of fear. That's not what God wanted them to see. Oh, no. No, that, that's not it. That's not it. Samuel said unto the people, Fear not. Ye have done all this wickedness, yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. What's that mean? Our great God is a God of new beginnings. Just confess your sin. He'll forgive you. He'll help you get started again. He'll pick you up, clean you off, help you get started again. And turn ye not aside. For then should ye go after vain things, empty things, worthless things, which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. For the Lord will not forsake his people for his great namesake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. What is Samuel emphasizing to them? Look, you've got God all wrong. He loves you. He wants to bless you. And for those reasons, including his mercy, you need to reverence him. Stop treating him like the enemy. Reverence him. Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Do you know when you fear God and follow him, it's not only the right way, it's the Good way. You ought to underline that in your Bible. It's the good way. All right, so what's the answer? Verse 24, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he hath done for you. Stop, consider, and reverence. What a text. 
Israel had sinned, and once again, God reveals that through Samuel. They had done great wickedness. They had turned aside after empty things. Yet God wants them to focus on reverencing him who is powerful, merciful. He answers prayer and constantly is doing great things on behalf of his people. That's God. So only fear the Lord. Now what does that mean? What does it mean to fear the Lord? Well, as we've seen, fearing the Lord means to reverence, to hold in high esteem. Because of his power, mercy, unfathomable love, we should fear to not give him honor. We should fear to grieve him. Pastor Coles has posted in Facebook, uh, and Pastor, the the post caught my eye, uh, where you posted what scholars believe and historians, what would happen to somebody who was scourged by the Romans before crucifixion. That really grabbed my attention. That post revealed the reality of what happened when the Romans got done with you. You could hardly tell from the body that it was a body. It reminds me of what Isaiah says, by his stripes we are what? We're healed. In other words, Jesus bears those scars in himself in heaven today. Why? Because Mike put those scars on Jesus. And I wasn't alone. Such love does demand my love. And my reverence. I'm thankful for my earthly father. All the sacrifices. My dad lived to be 70. Not long these days. But I think between farming and trucking, it just took its toll on his body. Oh, how he worked and sacrificed for our family. Do you know I feared my dad? Now, when I was growing up, he had a good swing. You know what I mean? All right. But when I got older, it changed from that kind of fear to a different kind of fear. I so loved my dad and respected what he had done for me, I just didn't want to hurt him. I didn't want to hurt my mom. And so out of honor and respect, I was careful. That is the meaning of what we're talking about here. Yes, God will chasten sin. Christian, don't forget it. And if you're going to go off and do what you want to do, you should be afraid that he's going to give you a good spanking. Why? Because he loves you. Revelation 3.19, as many as I love, I rebuke. He doesn't swing first. I rebuke and then chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Yet loving the Lord so much that we fear to hurt him is intended to have a cleansing impact on our lives. So we've seen the meaning. Now let's look at the purpose. Fearing the Lord. Oh, it sounds miserable and harsh. No, 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 stop. It's respecting, reverencing the one who loves you and gave himself for you. 
That means when he says it, in love I respond with honor and love back, and I do what he says. Is he worthy of it or not? If you're not convinced, you're not going to fear the Lord. But you need to get your nose in this book and get convinced he is worthy. He's worthy. And so the purpose. Listen to how Scripture explains the impact of fearing God on our lives. Psalm 19 and verse 9, the fear of the Lord is clean. It helps me stay clean. It cleans me up because I've heard him. So I go back to him, 1 John 1, 9, and out of reverence, I say, Lord, I'm sorry. Here's what I did. I agree with you and what you say in your word about it. Please forgive me. Help me to turn from it. The fear of the Lord helps keep you clean. Its purpose is to remove from our lives everything that defiles and corrupts and causes us to offend God. And that's a good thing. It causes me to hate evil. Proverbs 8.13 says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogancy, and the evil way. And the froward mouth do I hate. The fear of the Lord will cause me to avoid perverse, corrupt speaking. Are you ever tempted to really express yourself? I am. Especially in a car where I can express myself and nobody's going to hear it. <laughs> no, no, God hears it. And if I'm concerned about reverencing my God, even in the car, I'll just pray to him and I'll make sure that nothing comes out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A heart yielded to the Lord and the fear of God will not use perverse, corrupt language. And so the fear of the Lord brings a pure life. Proverbs 16, 6, by mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Do we see any examples of this in the scripture? Let me take us back to one we know well. Remember the young man Joseph who got sold into slavery into Egypt? Remember what happened when he got in Potiphar's house? The Bible says Potiphar's wife put her eyes on him with desire. She tempted and tempted and tempted, and then there was the perfect opportunity. There was a day where she thought she could sink her hooks in him and get him. And what was his response to her? You find in this young man's heart the fear of the Lord. What did he say? How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Wow. That's what preserved him. Now, he could have rationalized all kinds of things and caved to the sin, but he didn't. Why? The fear of the Lord. Reverencing and loving God to bring him glory, which again is the ultimate purpose of fearing and reverencing him, will keep us from sin. In fact, it will help us to hate any sin that might come out of our mouth or that might come out through our actions. Where there is no fear of the Lord, 
it's very noticeable. Hold your place here. Would you go with me to Romans chapter 3? I want to take us to a familiar text, but Romans 3 reveals the underlying cause of what we're going to read. Some of these verses you have memorized. Romans chapter 3, notice verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way, they are all together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. Remember that talk we were just referring to? And their tongues, with their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps, snakes is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. They're miserable. And anybody around this crowd, they lack peace as well. Now, what's the problem? Look at verse 8. There is no what? There's no fear of God before their eyes. No fear of the Lord. So we've seen the meaning of the fear of the Lord. Its purpose in bringing glory to God as it keeps us from sin. But I have great news. As I preach, I'm aware, and, and preachers should be aware, that God's people, as they listen, will respond to truth. Why? Because to will is present in us. If you're saved, you're indwelt by the Spirit of God, and he's the one who convinces you of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Right, so he's doing that work, and you're, you right now, you are willing. You feel that tug to fear the Lord, and to only fear the Lord. But Paul said, to will is present with me, but how to do, how to perform that, <laughs> I find not. So I've got great news for us today. Do you know that God is not expecting you to muster all your energy and to only fear the Lord? Now you are going to have to deny yourself, but you're going to have to do that prayerfully as well. So how do I get the fear of the Lord? How is that a consistent part of my life? Well, let's consider the source of the fear of the Lord. Turn now, please, to the book of Isaiah, chapter 11. Isaiah was living in a day when the nation of Israel again had a fear problem. They didn't fear the Lord. And so the Lord speaks through the prophet, and in Isaiah 11, look at verse 1, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and and of the fear of the Lord. Wow. 
Do you see the connection here? Now, obviously, this is a messianic passage, and it's pointing to whom? Who's the rod? Who's the stem of, of Jesse? It's the Lord Jesus. He is going to grow up out of Israel, and he's going to provide deliverance. He's going to provide everything that God's people need. Now, whose spirit rested upon Jesus when he started his earthly ministry? His spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Lord completed his work. He ascended back to heaven, but he promised a comforter of the very same kind. He said, it's needful, I go away, but I will send you a comforter, basically the same comforter as I am. And who is he speaking about? The Holy Spirit, his spirit. The Holy Spirit of Christ. Now, what does the Holy Spirit produce in us when we yield control of ourselves to him? Here's the answer, the fear of the Lord. I would even say this. We read in Galatians 5 about the fruit of the Spirit, but one of the other understood fruits of the Spirit is the fear of God. Show me someone who has yielded to the Holy Spirit and that's someone who reverences God and is, is able to say no to sin. No, 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 no. And, by, and again, the Lord teaches us that if you walk in the Spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Why? Well, part of it is you're fearing God. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to, listen, grieve the Holy Spirit. And we're commanded directly not to do that. So as Jesus yielded to the Spirit, he perfectly reverenced his Father and did what pleased him. What does your life reveal about your yieldedness? Does your reverence to the Lord show that you are yielded to his spirit? We get to the book of Daniel, and Pastor Ned referenced that already in the service. What happened when Daniel, another young man, is sent away into captivity and he gets to Babylon? He purposed in his heart not to do what? Defile himself with the king's meat. Well, it's what we're told to do. I mean, everybody's doing it. And, no, 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 no. Not if you fear the Lord. How many times in Daniel's life did he fear God and things went sideways? Several times. But what did his great God show him about those who fear the Lord? He can even protect you in a den of hungry lions. So we've allowed the scripture to define the fear of the Lord to show us its purpose and its source. But let's close now by looking at the benefits of fearing the Lord. And I'm going to have to move through these quickly. These benefits ought to once again convince us only fear the Lord and, and serve him with all your heart. Don't let anything else in there. Only fear the Lord. Only let him control your heart. What are the benefits? You may want to write these down. First of all, it allows us to fill our primary purpose of bringing glory to God. It allows us to fulfill our primary purpose of bringing glory to God. Uh, if you'd like to join me, I'm over in 2 Kings now, 2 Kings chapter 17. 
And notice verse 36. It'll be up on the screen for you as well. 1 Kings 17, 36. But the Lord who brought you up out of the land of Egypt with great power and stretched out arm, him shall ye fear, and him shall ye what? Worship. And to him shall ye do service. And the statutes and the ordinances and the law and the commandments which he wrote for you, ye shall observe to do forevermore. And ye shall not fear other gods, only the Lord. And the covenant that I have made with you shall he, uh, you, ye shall not forget, neither shall ye fear other gods. What a text. Again, the fear of the Lord fulfills our primary purpose of bringing glory to God. Number two, it's the beginning of all wisdom. Remember at the start of the message I talked about, I'm so glad that God has made things simple. I am simple. I need God to make things plain to me. Do you know what if I fear the Lord? It's the beginning of wisdom. He helps me to be smart about life. And I need all the help I can get. Wait a minute. Who said that? Listen to Psalm 111 and verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. His praise endureth forever. Again, this coincides with the first one. The fear of the Lord helps us to worship him. But the fear of the Lord helps us to worship him because he gives us wisdom and understanding. So here's how simple it is, young people. Every one of us as a young person had to make wise decisions about the friends we kept. Every one of us. Friends can be deceitful and selfish, etc., etc. Well, how do I know what they're really like? Fear the Lord. When you're around them, if they're proposing anything, saying anything, doing anything that you know offends God, Fear the Lord. Your parent comes to you later and says, I just appreciate your wisdom in choosing your friends. Well, it's not complicated. Just fear the Lord. And anytime they're suggesting or they want you to do anything that's going to cause you to grieve the Lord, you go the other way. We're done here. You can rebuke them in the fear of the Lord. So what are you thinking? Why, why would we do this and, and offend God? I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. That's wisdom. Well, I work in a tough work environment, and, and I'm just not always sure how to respond. Fear the Lord. When it comes to a decision, what has God said to give me light for my pathway and how to respond to this situation? And every time in the fear of the Lord you choose God's way and you do what he says, that's wise. And it's going to work out. Well, I did that and they fired me. That's because God's got a better job for you. It's okay. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. Number three, it prolongs your days. 
Long life. Proverbs 10, 27, the fear of the Lord prolongeth. It adds days, literally. But the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Why? Because they think they're wise. They fear what society says, what their friends think. And so they go on in the ways of destruction. But somebody that fears the Lord, when you're avoiding sin, it's going to prolong your days. When you're following God's will, who is life, it'll prolong your days. Proverbs 14, 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. And then finally, fearing the Lord brings great blessing. Proverbs 22, 4, by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Question, if you fear the Lord, are you going to get rich here? Maybe not. Now, let me, let me just pause for a moment. If you fear the Lord, you're going to be a good steward, and God blesses good stewardship. Not a lot of crazy debt and wasting God's resources and, and making sure that I obey him with my tithes and my offerings. And so, so God does prosper that way, but it's not guaranteed because if you fear the Lord, you could end up in a prison just like Joseph. And yet, where should our focus be when it comes to true riches? Right? Fear the Lord and it will bring riches. You'll be laying up true treasure in heaven. What about honor? We read about names in the Bible, and I've mentioned a couple, Daniel and Joseph, who feared the Lord. There's honor. Honor for their names. And once again, reiterated, it prolongs your days. It brings life, which is a blessing. So fearing the Lord doesn't mean you'll have a problem-free life. But go back to the scriptures and see what God did on behalf of those who feared him. Just do that study, all right? Here's an example in the scripture. They feared the Lord. What happened? Here's an example in the scripture. They didn't fear God. What happened? See if you can find in the lives of those who feared God wisdom, understanding, long life, honor, and blessing. It's there. Then consider the lives of those who would not fear God to their own ruin. Let's close. This message was not for your consideration. It was for our application. I love you. And I know God loves us. There is no way you can know his blessing, the joy of the Christian life, without fearing your Father in heaven. It's not a take it or leave it message. Our attitude must be that of the psalmist in Psalm 119, 38. And I'll close with this, this verse. Establish thy word unto thy servant who is devoted to thy fear. That was the prayer of the psalmist. Lord, I am devoted to this. Now, we're devoted to things, right? Your spouse, you ought to be. 
your family, you ought to be. But the psalmist said, I am devoted to fearing God. I'm not going to budge from that. Spurgeon commented on that text. He paraphrased what the psalmist said and was praying here. Here's what Spurgeon said, My whole nature is set upon honoring thee. Therefore, O Lord, make all thy promises to stand firm for me. What a commentary on this text. I am devoted to honoring you. Now, God, you promised if I honor you, here are the benefits. Make your promises stand firm. And, of course, that's who God is if we fear him. God responds to those who fear him. And so, brethren, may we only fear the Lord and serve him with all your heart. Let's pray. Father, this morning we love you. We know we don't love you perfectly, and we don't love you as we ought. We need grace for that. But, Lord, love draws us to you when we see the cross, when we look into your word. Lord, we reverence you. We fear you in the right way. God, any sin in our lives means we don't fear you. And so you'll use a different kind of fear to draw us back. And Lord, you also use your goodness. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. But Lord, if, if we would fear you, we would be clean. Those who fear the Lord are righteous and therefore bold as a lion, not fearful. And so today, would you help us to be committed to fearing you? Do your work in our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.